my gosh. So, hello, everybody. As you can tell, I am so excited. I, I've been talking about starting a podcast for so long. And, bro, I have so much to talk about. Like, I'm so excited. Um, so, for those of you who don't know me, my name is Angelique. I am 20 years old, and I am a born-again Christian. And, bro, there's, like, so much that I, like, it's, the podcast is called Get Cancelled because there's so much that I have my two cents to add to. And, bro, I just, I have, okay, so I have a bit of a, used to have a bit of a problem with just speaking my mind and not being afraid of what people are going to think. And since VUCON, when I say Tim Ross tore down that fear, thank you, Lord, like, so I named the podcast Get Cancelled because... I'm most likely probably going to get canceled, but it's all in the name of Jesus. So let's do this. So today I'm basically just, I guess, introducing myself and telling you guys all about what this podcast is, has in store for you guys. So I'm mostly, I'm going to talk about stuff from my experience. So yes, there will be stuff going for the LGBTQ community because I was once there. There will be stuff about witchcraft because I was once there. There will be stuff about toxic relationships because I was once there. There will be anything that I've gone through, anything I talk about on this podcast, I have dipped a toe in it or fully submerged. So I'm excited. Um, Dang. (laughs) I was going to start today off with just like, but I'm feeling this urge to just tell my testimony. So I'm going to just do that. I'm going to start off with like talking about my testimony and then we'll let the Holy Spirit lead the way, the rest of the way. So for those of you who don't know, I was born into, I would say a Christian family, but it was one of those dollhouse kind of thing like at church you put on your church clothes but then at home it was a mighty mighty disaster so um my mother was a drug addict and she was on drugs when she was pregnant with me ended up going through abuse and then I was born a drug dependent baby um And then all throughout that, the boyfriend that she was with at the time while raising me from age one to three, it was just a total abusive household. Like I surprisingly remember a moment where my mom clonked her boyfriend in the head with a frying pan. And just all throughout that, like it was just very abusive towards me. And I got put into foster care, me and my younger brother. So at three, I was put in foster care with my newborn brother and all throughout foster care it was just an abusive life uh sexual mental physical just (sighs) the devil had it out for me I'm just say that and there was a lot of things that I picked up on like 
because they didn't really feed us much, I would start stealing because, you know, I didn't want to get in trouble or I didn't want my brother to get in trouble. I would start lying. And of course, I learned a lot of sexual behaviors and acts. So I became very hypersexual. And I remember my great grandmother, God rest, God bless her. Oh, Jesus. (laughs) I almost said God rest her soul. God bless her soul. She's still alive, guys. Um, (laughs) She told me that she had a dream that I was drowning and that God said to look for me. So she came, found us. It was around like, I think I was six at the time. And she adopted us. It was like a back and forth process until she finally adopted us. We moved in with her. It felt, I felt like a complete stranger. And I went from protecting my brother to watching him being swept up under my older brother's arms because that's who my great-grandmother was taken care of at the time. The rest of my siblings are with my mom, though. And so pretty much from there, I hate to say it, but I was raising hell in that house. Everything that I learned in foster care, I was doing it in my grandma's household. She had a foster care, um, a, like a daycare business, and she had to end it because of me. I was stealing out of stores, and this time it wasn't just to survive, because my grandma gave us everything, but it was literally just because the thrill of it. Like I couldn't help myself. I was a huge klepto. I was lying about everything, and then even when I did tell the truth, she couldn't believe me because I was lying about everything. And the sexual things that I learned in foster care, I was doing them in the household with my siblings. So it got crazy. My grandma put me in therapy, different um, programs, and eventually I got the understanding, okay, stop having sex with your brother, stop doing stuff with your brother, whatever, whatever. But... My brother never got the, like, the understanding. Like, I stopped, but then he started to pretty much blackmail me, to continue, in a way. So, like, let's say if I wanted to use his DS, I had to do something. If I wanted to play on his PlayStation, I had to do something. If I wanted something, I had to do something. If I wanted to get out of trouble, I had to do something. And... It got to the point where I got really depressed. I even wanted to kill myself because anytime that my grandma would either catch us in the act or find porn on my brother's computer or mine or whatever. Yeah, that's another thing. I developed a huge porn addiction. But anytime she would find us in the act or whatever, she would beat me. She would raise hell towards me. So it got to the point where I was like, dang, I I know I, I... caused this but now I'm suffering and I just became a giant shut-in she would lock me in my room and while I was in there I tried overdosing I've tried hanging myself I started cutting there was just so many things I just wanted to put an end to it and eventually I was like you know what let me just get out of the house so eventually um I tried living with my grandma I tried living back again with my mom But with my grandmother, it was not so good because of the boyfriend that she kind of had. And then with my mom, it was just a straight up me and her fighting 
every chance that we got. And her just basically making me take care of her children. So it was like that. And so eventually I just went back into foster care. Around age 13, I was like, I just want to go back. And the abuse stopped, I feel like, because they it was mostly just group homes and foster homes with women because I felt really uncomfortable around men. And from then on, it was mostly just fighting, stealing, very aggressive. I was just taking my anger out on whoever and wherever. And it got to a point where I started taking drugs, started smoking weed, and it went from weed to acid to shrooms to bars, came pretty close to doing cocaine due to the friends that I had around me. But for some reason, something told me not to and I didn't. And I'm pretty sure that was God because I have, or I've been told I have an addictive personality. So that would not have ended well. But I was drinking. I never was the type to party, but... With my friends, like in a small group, yes. But to go out into parties, I thank God. I don't enjoy crowded spaces at all. And from there, it was, again, the hypersexual behaviors. I was on Tinder, Bumble, whatever, having sex. But I never enjoyed it. Like, I would have sex just to have sex is what somebody told me. Like, I would have sex just to have sex. I never enjoyed it. There was no intimacy in it. I just wanted that closeness to, uh, to be with a guy, to be wanted. You know what I mean? Um, and then that, like, ruined my whole self-esteem because even though I wanted it, I still realized I was pretty enough to have sex with, but not pretty enough to, like, want as a girlfriend or whatever. You know what I mean? And that kind of ruined my self-esteem. And so I continued wanting that attention, putting my body out there, sending nudes, whatever. Like, I was very promiscuous. And it got to a point where I got the wrong attention from the wrong guy. I'm not going to say any names, but he is a sociopath. And, bro... At first, it was like I met my match. I met the love of my life. Oh my gosh. Mind you, I was only 16 at this time. I met the love of my life. We were... It was it was like my dream guy. And from then, it was just pretty much us talking on the phone. We would meet up. We were having sex. And there was just... I was just deeply in love with this guy. But then that's when the ghosting started happening. That's when the getting left on scene started happening. That's when the degrading started happening. The discarding discarding started happening. And now it was, I realized the cycle that happened for like a whole five years where he would build me up and then snatch that power back and pretty much have me begging or crawling to him to be like, okay, what did I do? What did I I do? Like, oh my gosh, um, how can I fix this? Like, whole time, I'm just being the loving, I guess they call it empath, the loving empath that I am. And I'm like, okay, hurt people, hurt people. Like, I'm going to be the one who stays. I'm going to be the one who treats you the right way, loves you the right way. I'm going to be that for you. So, of course, I'm people-pleasing, running after him, da 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 And it just, it just, it ruined me. 
And he was also into witchcraft and stuff like that and, and robbing and stuff. So I was, I became so eager to please him that I was willing to do whatever. So I started witchcraft. And that went on about for two years, maybe. And I was... It got to the point where I was cutting myself for rituals. I was doing rituals for him. I even had people ask me to do rituals for them type of thing. Like, it was just... <sighs> I was in bed with the devil. And I even came really close to becoming a stripper. I was... I had an OnlyFans, though. And I was doing a lot of stuff on Snapchat. It just became a point where I, I would just use my body for everything, for him, for whoever. I was just... I was the world's. I'm going to just say that. I, be, I belonged to the world, the streets. <laughs> and fast forward, while with him... It got to the point where I realized, like, I wanted more, like, you know, the sex and everything. Like, it got to a point where I realized it, there, there's nothing, none of this is feeling that void inside my heart. I still feel empty, numb. I want to feel something. So, while doing spirituality, new age, and witchcraft, or whatever, I ended up going on a sex fast. So no sex, no masturbation, no porn, nothing. And from then, I pretty much was just on my own or whatever, but I still felt depressed. I still felt like killing myself. I still felt like ending it. I still felt empty. And one day, I remember I told him that I wanted to end my life. And I was calling friends, my so-called friends. I was calling everybody. I was like, I, I, it, I wanted someone. It wasn't for attention. It was just that moment where you just want someone to talk you off the edge. And me, I, in that moment, like nobody answered, of course, because I didn't really have friends. So now that I do have friends, thank God. <laughs> but. He encouraged, he encouraged it. He was basically saying, I'll probably leave a rose on your gravestone, like whatever. Like you, you. He announced that he was a sociopath in that moment, even though I knew, but he encouraged me killing myself. My friends didn't answer. My roommate laughed about it and was like, girl, stop tripping, you know, whatever. I went in my room and at this time... I just dropped to my knees and was crying, begging whoever could hear me. It was one of those, I will sell my soul right now if you save me from this pain right now. And literally offering it up to the first bidder. And of course, it's those moments where you come to the end of yourself where Jesus shows you where the rest of it is. <laughs> and... I remember I, after crying my eyes out, heartbroken on the floor in pain, I got up and I started doing tattoos. So during that time, instead of cutting, I switched it out for doing tattoos. So basically I would tattoo my skin. I turned myself into a, a, a sketchbook and I would just tattoo little random Pinterest ideas on my skin. So instead of cutting, I was just drawing with a needle. <laughs> and... 
from then, I was just writing poems or whatever, but I was still getting high, you know, smoking acid. And I remember one night, well, the night after I cried out, I popped an acid tab after my plug warned me that the last person who took the whole tab ended up in the hospital. And I was like, man, look, I've taken whole tabs before. I've done worse, whatever. Popped it. Wrote a poem about my biggest fear, which at the time was stage fright. Yeah, no. (laughs) And then hopped in the shower, and really quickly I realized what my real true fear was, which was going to hell. In that moment, it was... I. I'm going to describe it as I felt the presence of God and the devil as well. Like it it was like it was like that angel on one shoulder and the devil on the other. Like I felt the presence and I tell a lot of the girls that I mentor and friends that I have that bro, drugs are drugs are the gateway to hell. I'm going to just say that. Like they don't just open your mind and reveal the realities of the world. No, they open your soul. They open your soul to attacks, to... It's like opening the door to the devil and saying, come right on in. And in that moment, I realized that hell and heaven was real. And God was not pleased with my actions. He still loved me. I felt that love, but I realized it was that moment of get it together right now. And I remember I had a whole episode. I was running around the house. People probably thought I was crazy. Mind you, I was butt naked because I was in the shower at this moment. I'm running around the house. My roommate probably thought I was crazy. And then I I ended up outside as well. And my neighbors probably thought I was crazy. But in that moment, all I wanted was Jesus. I didn't care about the clothes. I didn't care that I was naked. I didn't care that... Um, about the house I was living in. I didn't care about the car, whatever, the money. I did not care about anything but a relationship with Jesus because I knew that's what I needed. I was raised in a Christian home, even though it wasn't the best. I went to church. I knew, I knew the stories. And in that moment, I dropped to my knees. I was hearing the fire crackling. I heard, I was seeing like the, my ex's car drive past me with the devil in the passenger seat screaming, ha ha, I got you, B-I-T-C-H. I was hearing, I was, it was like I was in hell, but on earth. And I'm just screaming out to God. I'm crying. It's raining. I, it got to the point where I was like, I can't fight God. I can't force him to send me to heaven. I can't force him to do anything. But I can't ask for forgiveness. I can submit. I can change and pray that he forgives me. Because I, the church I grew up to, they spoke about, you know, sins and everything. But they never spoke about repentance. They never spoke about the wrath of God. They never spoke about the... I never really heard the love of God, really. But they spoke about, oh, don't do this, don't do that. You know, it was one of those judgy kind of Christian lives. But I remember in that moment, I dropped to my knees outside, butt naked, on the ground. And I was waiting for the ground to open up and send me to hell. But then I started hearing ambulance. 
And a part of me came to my senses and was like, okay, I need to go inside and put some clothes on. But then another part of me was like, stay. I just heard a voice say, stay. And I just stayed there. And they came, they spoke to me, and I'm just sitting there crying. And he's like, what did you take? And now that I'm (laughs) sober, I'm realizing he was saying, like, what drugs did I take? But in my head, I'm thinking about all my sins because I'm picturing them as demons. And I'm saying everything. Like, I'm crying and I'm saying, I've done it all. I've... It's like I took the the rule book in the Bible and broke every rule for fun. And they basically put me in a body bag to cover me up and put me in the back of the ambulance. And thank God I didn't get arrested, but they... They baker acted me. And... From there, as we're driving, I'm think all I'm thinking is I'm going to hell. I'm going to hell. Oh my gosh, I'm going to hell. Like this, it, I I know it. I'm going to hell. But the one of the guys who work in the ambulance turns and looks at his friends and he's like, "I wouldn't want my daughter in this position." But I didn't hear his voice. I heard God's voice. And in that moment, I, I couldn't stop staring at the guy. He probably thought I was crazy too, but I, I couldn't stop staring at him. And I was just in awe. I was just, I was just awestruck. I get there to the hospital. First thing I asked for is a Bible. And I was raised on Psalms 91. So that's what I was reading over and over. Every time I got, I still kept seeing angel numbers everywhere, which by the way, it, the angel numbers have nothing to do with the Bible. So, no, I, I, I knew what that was, but I kept seeing them. And from then, I ended up getting kicked out of the place I was at and ended up moving up north. And I was still smoking. I went back to witchcraft. I still I wasn't having sex. But I was still masturbating, still watching porn, still doing drugs. And eventually, a few days later, I'm scrolling through um, YouTube and I was watching tarot videos. But this video pops up on my feed and the, the, what's it called? Come on, give me the word. (laughs) The clickbait, the title was pretty much interesting. So I click it. And I'll never forget her um, YouTube is Gopher Jesus Ministries. And in the video, she's talking about something completely different. But then she turns to the camera and it's like she was looking into my soul. And she was like, this is for one of you. That's telling me you need to get rid of that crystals, divination, witchcraft, twin flame, all of that, like. You need to take it up with Abba. And she's naming everything, almost everything on my altar. So I hopped up out of the bed. Everything on my altar hit the trash can so fast. It it, it gave me whiplash. The drugs, my weed, everything gone. I remember my roommate was, um, at the time, she was like, bro, are you throwing away those crystals? Like, they're so pretty. I was like, you can have them. I I wouldn't recommend it, but take them. Like, I, I want them gone. And I remember I hopped in the shower again, fully clothed, and I'm crying. And it was that moment, like, 
I don't know what I thought I was doing, but I was letting the water rush, run down on me as if it was like washing away my sins, washing away the dirt. But who knows, the only thing that can clean and set you free is the blood of Jesus. Like, amen. But I'm letting the water wash my sins away, I guess. And I pretty much, I don't know. I was just, I just wanted the whatever it took to like cleanse me of the wickedness. And I remember I'm looking, I was like, okay, I need to get baptized. I don't even know what it means to be baptized, but I know that's something that Christians do. I need to get baptized. So I am looking for churches near me to go and I scheduled an appointment to get baptized, to go, you know, talk to them, whatever. And the same day that I was supposed to go, my cousin asked a few days earlier if I can come over and help her with some um, Valentine's Day stuff. And around that time I went, because of course, people pleaser, I went, I was helping her, and I couldn't make it to the baptism, but we have and behold, an old friend of mine who stopped talking to me once I had started picking up tarot cards and everything, he calls me and he's like, hey, do you want to come to church? And... In that moment, I wanted to cry, and I just told him yes. I was like, yes, I, I, I do. And I remember hanging up, getting on, the, getting on my knees again in my cousin's bathroom and crying to God. And I was like, look, I don't know what the hell is going on. I don't know what's real, what's fake. All I know is that I felt more in this last month than I have in my whole life. I felt more alive in this last month, pain and all, the, the fear of God and all. Like, I felt more in this month than I have in my entire life. And there's Christians who are talking about, you know, joy and peace and all of this stuff that I, I want a relationship with you, love, all of this unconditional love. I've been looking for it in guys. I want it from you. And I will do whatever. I will dive into this. I will submit. I will give it all up for you right now. Just please show me that I'm not crazy. Show me that you're real. I'm, I'm asking. <laughs> I'm knocking. <laughs> show me that you're real. And the next day I get there, mind you, my whole life I thought that once you sinned, you're going to hell. So that's why I kept thinking, I'm going to hell. Oh my gosh, I had sex before marriage. I have tattoos. I'm going to hell. I get there, and Pastor Albert, who I now call my pops, he was preaching about repentance. He was preaching about the unconditional love of God, but he was set on preaching repentance. And I remember in that moment, I felt the presence of God. And this time it wasn't a get your act together. This time it was a, I love you. I heard you. I'm here for you. I want you. Scars and all, I want you. And in that moment, I dropped to my knees again, <laughs> crying, screaming. I didn't even care, like... I know the last time I dropped to my knees and cried, I thought people thought I was crazy. But in that moment, I felt safe in doing that. I felt safe in crying out to my father. 
And I remember it was during worship, I think. Holy Spirit spoke to me. Or I want to say God's voice spoke to me, Holy Spirit. And was like, okay, you wanted to get baptized. I think now's the time. And I was like, bet. And I remember I walked up to up, um, Albert and I was like, I need to get baptized. And he was like, all right, bet. It was like, I could tell the look on his face was taken aback. And he was like, all right, bet. He was like, I love the fact that you're demanding it though. Like, yes. And they baptized me in the pool. And I've been taking this journey one step at a time and yes there is suffering yes there is joy yes there is peace there are trials tribulations spiritual warfare but i would not trade it for the life i had back then i would not trade it for anything i would rather suffer now than suffer later and bro it's just been, there's like, it's like the veil was literally snatched and so much, like there's so many thoughts that I've had lately where it's like, gosh, reality, like, oh my, like, gosh, you exist, like God, you exist. You created us. Like, what were you doing before you created us? Like, I'm surprised, like, I get that you're a God that keeps his promises, but I'm surprised you haven't flooded the earth again because we have lost our minds. And there's just so much where it's like, okay, I've done some stuff, so who am I to judge anybody? Who am I to say, oh my gosh, they're in bed with the devil, when I was literally... I want to say, in a relationship with the devil. And it's just been, it's one of those moments where you just have to say, wow, thank you, Lord. And so with that being said, I want this podcast to be a place where, of course, safety, no fear, no shame, but also love. And I'm not talking about love without accountability. I'm talking, I love you, but I don't want to love you on your way to hell. I love you but I'm not going to sit here and hype up your sin. I love you, but I'm not going to hold hands with you and sing Kumbaya as I watch you walk to hell. Like, there was this, okay... There was this, I think it's China McLean. She was basically just explaining how I'm not pushing my faith 
but I, I, I love you enough to tell you about my faith, tell you about the truth. She's basically described it as, let's say that me and you are in the room painting, we're vibing, we're chilling, we're listening to music, and I, I'm getting not nauseated because of the fumes of this paint, so I'm going to go outside. So I get up, I go outside, I'm chilling or whatever, and while outside, I see a snake. So, of course, I see the snake, I run back inside, and I just sit down, whatever. But then I realize that you're about to go outside. And I know that if you go outside, the snake might bite you, you might not see the snake, and you might get bit. So, of course, I'm thinking I should tell you. But hey, I don't want to force my beliefs on you. I don't want to force anything on you. For some, I'm, I'm just going to, I'm going to let you, you know, I'm going to let you, let you see for yourself. So, of course, you go outside, you get bit, and you come back side, and you say, Ange, why didn't you tell me about the snake? Oh, I didn't, I didn't want to force anything on you. I didn't want to, you know, tell you what to do. And, of course, you're looking at me like, are you crazy? Because, yeah, like, there was a snake outside. Why didn't you tell me? Like, you could have warned me. That's pretty much how it's going to be when we stand before God. Why didn't you tell me I was on my way to hell, Ange? Well, because I didn't want to force my beliefs on you. I didn't want to force Jesus on you. But see, here on this podcast, I'm not forcing anything, but I love you, so I'm going to tell you. I love you, so I'm going to speak about repentance. I'm going to speak about our flaws. I'm going to speak about our mistakes. I'm going to speak about the enemy. I'm going to throw... No, I wouldn't say throw shots, but I'm, 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 I'm going to let you have it in the most loving way possible here which is why this podcast is called Get Cancelled, because I'm not sugarcoating nothing. And we will discuss a lot of things, relationships, um, faith, burden, spiritual warfare, reality. It's We're going in. And with that being said, stay tuned. I'm going to end the podcast here and can't wait to start the next one. Love you guys and goodbye. (laughs)